It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're going to dive into a special edition of Stock Watch, our preseason annual special where we buy and sell stock in every single player on the roster. Plus, media day wrapped up. Let's talk about that. And training camp gets underway for the Oklahoma City Thunder. All that and more coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, media member and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com. Ryland Styles. you can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOTHUNDERPOD. Email the show, LOTHUNDERPOD at gmail.com. On today's show, we are going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder opening up training camp and diving into our stock watch report, who's trending up, who's trending down, and what players are just kind of middling. Plus, we have some news, of course, about SGA and Ty Jerome that we're going to get into as well as we concluded media day yesterday. Thank you so much for making Locked On Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Subscribe for free across all platforms so you never miss an episode. Here's what you're going to get from Lockdown Thunder. Five days a week, Monday through Friday, plus after every single Thunder game. So make sure you you tune in and subscribe for that. It's going to be a very fun season. You can, again, subscribe to the show for free anywhere you get your podcast from, including on YouTube. And follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore style so you never miss an episode or an update on the Thunder. It was a very fun time at Media Day yesterday. Very um Awesome experience to be out there. I appreciate everyone. Uh, of course, this can't happen without your support and without you listening, without you uh, supporting the podcast. So I appreciate you. Now, let's take it all the way back real quick and talk about SGA, who is going to be out for uh, at least two weeks. He's going to get, get reevaluated in two weeks. He'll miss the start of training camp and be reevaluated at a later date in two weeks. Uh, has a grade two left MCL sprain. If you weren't aware of that, there's still a shot he plays in the season opener. Uh, he's played a lot of basketball this summer, and, and this goes back to what I talked about with Chet Holmgren's injury. Uh, things like this can happen literally any time, like whenever guys are just playing pickup games, or in this case, he was at the team facility practicing. I mean, he was just back in town practicing. He, he, he stepped wrong in his workout, finished his workout, and then the next morning just was extremely uh, uh, stiff and got his x-rays done and everything, or you know, images done, and this was the verdict of that. Uh, by no means is this a tanking move. The Thunder have their hardest stretch of the season in the first 11 games, and it's way too early to tank. And, of course, even if SGA played in those first 11 games, every single one of them, they'd be favored by Vegas and maybe two of them at, at the most. So this is just pure bad luck. Uh, SGA, his, his 
game breakdowns. As a rookie, he played 82 games. Second year, again, that was the, the year interrupted by the, by the bubble and things like that, 70 games. And then in 21, he played 35 of 72 opportunities. Last year, he played 56 of 82 opportunities in 21-22. So, of course, you can all look up on Google, you know, four to six weeks, you know, four weeks would be the season opener, six weeks would be about seven games in. Uh, but Sam Presti did talk about this injury, uh, and he literally said it's not a big deal, and then he kind of backtracked because, of course, you don't want to, like, belittle any injury, but, like, he literally said it's not a big deal and that there is a chance that SGA will play in um, the season opener. Uh, Mark and the players talked about SGA uh, at Media Day on Monday, and SGA said that he feels good and he feels a lot better. He can't talk about timelines or, or stuff like that, uh, but I think that in two weeks we'll find out that he's pretty, pretty close to returning, which is like a week from the, you know from this week, actually, uh, because of this injury happened last week. So, even missing a few games, I think they'll still play the majority of them. I think that he'll still um, be back within the first month of the season, obviously. Uh, but we'll see how close he can get to that season opener on October 19th. Uh, so speaking of that, here are some of the key dates to watch for. Tuesday morning, uh, training camp opens up. So as you're listening to this podcast, training camp is open. October 3rd, preseason begins in Denver. They play the 3rd, they play the 5th, the 6th, the 9th, uh, and, and then they head on the road uh, again at the, to end the regular to end the preseason on I believe October fifteenth is their end of their of, of their preseason uh, something of that nature on October seventeenth the roster has to be set so everyone you know saw the preseason roster the, the training camp roster that I tweeted out yesterday and a lot of people were still kind of confused so during this time period you can carry up to twenty players you don't have to cut your roster down until October seventeenth so they can keep their twenty guys we're gonna go through each and every guy on the roster on this podcast, buying and selling stock in them. So you're going to hear about all these guys that are on the roster. You can keep with the 20 guys October 17th though, which is a day before the NBA starts. So the NBA starts on October 18th, but the Thunder don't play on opening night. Only four teams do. And it's of course centered around the uh, teams that made the finals last year, which is the Celtics and the Warriors. They'd take on uh, teams in their conference, and things like that. So only two games to start the season on 18th. So you have to set the roster on the 17th and on the 17th, they have to remove three players that are on NBA contracts from this 20-man roster because the two ways don't count. So, like, you need to get down to 15 NBA contracts, and cutting your two ways don't help you do that. So they need to remove three guys. Now, it sounds as though that they've already removed one. Uh, Ty Jerome will not be at training camp today as the Thunder and uh, the team work with his representation to uh, get him to, you know, his next steps moving forward to get him um, kind of on the same page of what's next for him. So with him not being at training camp, he's not going to make the team. And so that that's now leading to two names left on this 20-man list who will need to be cut. But that happens on October 17th. The Thunder can cut anyone beforehand, obviously, as they just sent home Ty Jerome right now. Uh, but the deadline for that is October 17th. Now, October 19th is whenever the Thunder head on the road to Minnesota to start their regular season. And that'll be a fun, uh, you know, a fun game to watch them play Minnesota on the road. And then they'll come home that Sunday and play their home opener. So with that being said, you have the key dates to watch for. You have the uh, news about Ty Jerome and SGA. There's some other interesting, you know, takeaways from media day that weren't necessarily about specific players. I think that one of the most interesting takeaways was about Chip England and how Mark said that Chip will not be at every game. I want to dive into that more. On the next podcast, so I'm going to do a two-parter and, and dive into that stuff that isn't necessarily player-centric. Um, you know, 
in the next part of this podcast coming up later on today. For today, it's just going to be focusing on players and kind of what it was like seeing them, what it was like interacting with them. And of course, we still have to buy stock in their games or not and see kind of who we think are training upwards. And I want you to let me know your reaction to these names in the comment section down below on YouTube or on Twitter at Ryland underscore style. So uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to lay out, say, you know, SGA. That was an easy one to just get knocked out. Shea Gillis Alexander. I am buying stock in SGA. He's, I think he's going to be a first-time All-Star this year with no uh, Donovan Mitchell and no DeJounte Murray. I think he'll have a healthy season after this MCL recovers. Uh, the some workouts, he looks incredible, and th- there's a chance he can drop 30 a night uh, by the end of the season. It's funny that uh, I wrote these notes uh, last week about their games, and then I was going to fill in some stuff about media day, and it's funny that I wrote in there that he could drop 30 a night because myself and uh, – Adam Francisco were talking uh, yesterday while we were waiting for more players to come into the room. And we were both like, you know, we really want to predict that Shea will score 30, but that just seems crazy. And I had I had actually wrote that down in my uh, stock watch notes. But look, SGA said himself that winning matters and winning is incorporated into, uh, you know, the, the votes or how you make an all-star game. He said that yesterday at Media Day. With that being said, though, can the Thunder get to the point that the Spurs were at last year at the, at the uh, All-Star break. Like last year, the Spurs were not a good team. They were not even close to being a good team. But, you know, the, at the All-Star break, they were, I believe, like five games out of a playing spot to where DeJounte Murray gets in there on their replacement and is able to become an All-Star uh, for the first time in his career. Can, can SGA get to that point? I think that he can lead this team to that point if all goes well, if everyone's healthy, even while Chet Holmgren is out for the season. So I am buying stock in SGA. So we're going to go through all the guards, go through all the forwards and go through all the centers. And let's throw in the two way guys as well. So that's how it's going to look. We're going to buy and sell stock in uh, some of these players. Also on tomorrow's podcast, we're going to, or later on today's podcast, we're going to talk about SGA's comments to Andrew Schlecht about, um, you know, the, the trade rumors and, and how he feels about the trade rumors and, and what he told us in the meet in the big media room about trade rumors. We're diving into that as well. That's just not really about basketball, and I want to keep like today's show about basketball and things like that, stock watch, and then tomorrow's show, or later on today's show, will be about what will happen at media day. But also on today's show, we're going to talk about our good friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is incredible, folks, because it's your number one source for betting this season with football, basketball starting back up, pl- uh, playoffs starting in baseball. It's the fastest uh, and best way to bet on all of your favorite sports and action and players and league news. You can find that league news, matchup news, podcasts, in-depth articles, and breakdowns on every game at Bet Online. They have everything you need. Again, we mentioned football, college, NFL, NBA, college basketball, MLB. They have it all. MMA, boxing, golf, everything that you want. They have those events for you. Head over to BetOnline.net or even use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. And folks, you type in betterline.net, they truly have everything. They even let you bet on who will buy the Phoenix Suns. Like, they, that you can buy everything. Everything. Now, we can dive into also the fact that, you know, you might be someone who only really knows basketball enough to feel comfortable betting. You can already bet on opening night. The Thunder are 11.5 point underdogs on opening night. And the... Future odds for like regular season win totals are very fun to me to just peruse. I don't really put money down on them, but it's fun to see what Vegas thinks will happen, or at least with the betting population thinks will happen. And the Thunder over under is set at 23 and a half wins. So if you, it's even money on both sides. So you can bet 
if you think that they're going to win over 23 wins or under 23 wins this season, they got 22 last year. So basically, will they improve their win total at all? <laughs> or or uh, will they kind of go backwards, so to say, from last year's win total? So you can do all of that at betonline.net. Check it out today. BetOnline, your best place to bet. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're going to dive into Stockwatch for every player. We talked about SGA earlier. We do this every year to kick off the season just to get your, just so you can have my gauge on how I feel about certain players. Because every year, you know, as, as training camp starts and we hear reports about practice and as we get to see this team play in preseason, it's always, oh, well, how do you feel about this guy? How do you feel about that guy? So let's lay it out there. Let's get our opinions on the record. How do we feel about these individual players and how do we think that they can, uh, progress this season. So we've bought stock in SGA. We're going to buy stock also in Josh Giddy. I think that the chip England hire is incredible for him. I think that he showed flashes of brilliant rim finishing at summer league. And I think that he just looks more comfortable dribbling the basketball last year. Whenever he was dribbling, it's not that it wasn't natural for him. It was just that it looked like he didn't want to step on anybody's toes or didn't want to, didn't want to do too much. And so you saw him prematurely pick up that dribble a lot. And I think that you saw that get out of the system in the summer league. Uh, setting. I think he's more confident this year as as kind of his role and his identity in the NBA. And going back to that Chip England hire, he's working out with Chip England two or three times a day, according to Josh Giddy yesterday. He said that whenever Mark told him the news that, that they've hired uh, Chip England, that Josh Giddy was smiling ear to ear and so was his agent who was with him whenever he heard this news and that he thinks it's, it's brilliant for him in his game. So he's obviously embracing that change and embracing um whatever alterations that Chip England wants to do to Josh Giddy's jump shot, I am buying an all-in on Josh Giddy. Now, another play that I'm buying is Lou Dort. I, I think that with Lou Dort, he's got that contract, that long-term security. I think that he um, will play a, a role that will lead itself to more efficiency. Now, he's talked about how he's improved his, you know, rim that finishing, but also just rim decision-making um, yesterday at Media Day. To me, it's not really about that necessarily. It's about, I think that with Lou Dort, he will be put in a spot to where he won't have to take as many above the break threes. He won't have to create off the dribble. He won't have to do a lot of the things that was asked of him last year and the year prior. And so taking those opportunities away will then increase his efficiency and make him look like a much better basketball player on the offensive end. Plus, we know what he can do on the defensive end. So I'm expecting an efficient jump from him in this um you know, season. Another buy, Trey Mann. Trey Mann looked different yesterday. Whenever he walked in the room, everyone, before he could even sit down, was kind of peeking around at each other like, whoa, 
This dude looks huge. And his first his first question was about, hey man, you look you look a lot bigger. And he said, oh man, I really appreciate that. And that he was he was really working hard on it. He talked about how you know he he was uh, bouncing around from Miami to OKC, and he only stayed in those two spots. He wanted to be around the same people, the same continuity of you know his trainers and everything. And he was talking about how his meals were prepared by the Thunder chef, and and he only ate what they said and, and ate the portion that they said to to try to gain muscle. And it, it worked. He looks a lot bigger. You're going to be impressed whenever you see him uh, on the floor. In general, I love his spark plug scoring. I love the fact that he can really help this team offensively, especially off the bench. And I think that you can envision some defensive improvement from him also. And he talked about how he wants to get more efficient this year on the offensive end. Can he take that step in his game so early on in his career? We'll see. But I'm buying in on Trey Mann. Now, it's not going to be all buys, but I do have another buy in the guard category, and that is Jalen Williams. This dude is going to make a winning impact right away. I think that this is a classic case of a winning player because you look at his game and you wonder what can't he do. I think he defends at a very high level, and he talked about how his defense was underrated by the media uh, because of what happened last year at Santa Clara whenever he took on more of that offensive role. But he said you know, defense was his brand. That's how he got the start as a freshman at Santa Clara. Like, Defense was his brand. And so we saw that in Summer League. If you remember, and if you watch Summer League, everyone was just jaw-dropped by Jalen Williams' defense. And so I think that stuff like that, plus on offense, he can score at all three levels. He's a plus passer. I think he's above average uh, you know, dribbler and playmaker off the bounce, plus you know, a good passer and scoring at all three levels. And I think that he's a very good defender. I think that you know, whenever if you want to classify defenders as terrible, below average, average, above average, good, great, I think he's in that good category. I think he's a step below great on defense, and, and that is really going to, um, you know, thrive and, and kind of show itself in this season as a rookie. And now, you know, you look around this roster where, where there's no Chet Holmgren anymore, and, you know, you look for who's going to fill in uh, in terms of just usage percentage and, and, and who's going to fill in in terms of just compiling stats. I think it can be Jalen Williams. I think that he can help this team win. I think that he's going to be one of the r- rare rookies every year that we see that are impactful to win totals. Now, how great would the win total be for the Thunder this year? Who knows? But I think that a lot of the wins you can tie directly back to a play or series of plays that Jalen Williams made out of Santa Clara. Here's where the sells come in. I'm selling Tam Aldon. Probably the, 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 the saddest one at this moment. I'd be surprised if he was on the roster October 17th, but uh, his media day session was just about how He's not focused on the on the uh, roster crunch. He's just coming in here uh, trying to do the best he can every single day, which is obviously the approach to have. He talked about Victor Mignogna and how he's uh, good friends with him. But I just don't really see it with him. I, I don't see his skill set fitting with this team. I think that he can see himself get another chance in the NBA for sure and, and, and catch on with another organization for sure. But it's just very redundant with what the Thunder already have. And while being redundant, it's also not very um, competitive in the sense of like, they not only have guys who can do what Tim Allen can do, they have guys who can do what he does undo it better. So then he's kind of pushed further and further down the pecking order to where whenever you need to find up, find as many roster spots as you can, it's obvious that, you know, he's not going to be the, the guy getting attention or getting minutes, so to say. Uh, again, Northeast Notes last week, so it's it's great to see that I was kind of right about this. I sold on Ty Jerome. Uh, his playmaking is his best skill, and I think that that might confuse some people because you just think that Ty Jerome's this shooter. 
He is not a good shooter. He's had one good year in the NBA where he was a, a, a quality shooter, and that was uh, the year after the bubble whenever things were just haywire and guys shooting numbers were all up, and there's not a ton of fans in the arena, so the sight lines were different. He's, he's not a good shooter. He's a nice playmaker. He, he's not a really good defender. He, he just There's just no role for him. So him stepping away from the team in the Thunder, kind of working with him on the next steps is not a surprise at all to me. And then the last guard, Vid Kritche, I am I'm buying him. And I, and I want to say this. It's like a penny stock, right? Do I think that he's a lock for this roster? Do I think that he's for sure on this roster? No, far from that. But I think that it's worth throwing some money on him right now because I like what his he's done defensively as he's gotten healthy. Like He's improved defensively as he's gotten further away from injury. This was his first offseason while he was healthy and further away from that ACL tear. I think that the shooting is real. I think that he can improve some stuff while playing off ball. I think that he's an interesting player for sure. So I'm buying in on Vitkretschy of this, you know, kind of shekel penny stock type of thing. If you want to look at it in terms of the true stock watch breakdown, that's the guards. Let's talk forwards. Let's talk bigs coming up on the Lockdown Thunder podcast. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LO Thunderpod. Email the show, LO Thunderpod at gmail.com. Let's continue talking about the forwards now. Darius Basley. Folks, you know me. You know my brand. I'm buying Darius Basley. He is noticeably bigger. He is sticking with that he's 220. The Thunder list him at 216, but he said himself yesterday he's 220. And seeing him in that room, I think he's 220. I think I think that he is 220. I think that he has gained that much muscle, and he is looking great. Uh, it's another all-time low buying point for him. I think that he's one of the more polarizing players. I, actually, I say he's the most polarizing player on the on the roster. Uh, but I, I can't quit him. I think that the pressure of a contract year will make a diamond for. Darius Baisley, no pressure, no diamonds. I think this year is the year that Baisley becomes a diamond in the rough for the Thunder. I think that he showed last year elite defensive ability. If Chip England or who or whatever can click for him to become an average shooter and improve his rim finishing, if he can do those two things, then that is a real, tangible, quality NBA player. It's not that hard of a fix. Now, the shooting stuff's harder, right? It's harder just to become an average shooter. I say that kind of flippantly. It's harder to become an average shooter. The rim finishing stuff at his size, with his muscle, with his athletic ability, he should be able to make a quantum leap in rim finishing this year. I really want to see that, and that is a stat that I will be monitoring for every single game on cleaning the glass and synergy and everything else. Like I want to see Darius Baisley's rim finishing just skyrocket this year with his new frame and with his bounce and athletic ability. And the workouts we've seen in the summer kind of kind of show that out. I want to see that happen this year for him. So I'm still buying on Darius Baisley. Uh, Usman Jang. If you're not buying Usman Jang, I, I don't know kind of what your 
looking at like it's so early to so early to call it on him that like you might as well buy into the flashes that we saw overseas from him and ultimately kind of you know see that the Thunder invested three first round picks in him and so they obviously see the value in him so I'm buying him because I think that he can this year show you those flashes and really I'm buying him also because I think that the discourse around Usman Jang this year will kind of just be always glass half full because only the flashes matter. The, the downturns, the bad spells, the bad stretches, they don't really matter. He's so young, he's so raw that you know we'll just be happy with whatever he can show on the floor. Pokashevsky, the second most polarizing player on the roster, Alexei Pokashevsky. The question for you is just which version are you of the Thunder fan? Because it feels like there's only two. Are you all in on Poku? Or are you all out on Poku? I'm buying it because I think that Chip England can help can help his jump shot. I think that we've seen steady improvement from Pokashevsky throughout his NBA career. I think that, you know, whenever you look back at my season preview last year, I said last year, the biggest jump from Poku will come year, year two to three, not year one to two. And, and so I, I'm interested to see if that can happen for him this year uh, as a member of the Thunder. But he's gotten better each year that he's been in the league just steadily. It doesn't feel that way on the surface, but he has uh, based on the numbers and just based on his close to each season. His close to last year was very good. His close to last year made it seem like he was, you know, having the game slow down from a little bit more. And so I want to see what he looks like this year. So I'm buying it. Plus, this is the first year where you're not squinting your eyes. You're just seeing it. The, the body change for him. So he's filling into his frame at the age 20 years old, almost 21 years old, I believe, in December. Um, you know, you're seeing it for him uh, now. So I, I'm buying in what we've seen from him. Now, these next three forwards you all know I love. Jeremiah Robinson Earl, bye. Even before they hired Chipping Lane, I was telling you that I think that he were in line to see a massive shooting improvement from uh, three-point land for JRE. I'm all in now with Chipping Lane. I'm buying JRE. You guys know I love Aaron Wiggins. I'm buying every stock you're willing to give me about Aaron Wiggins. I think that he is a player who's going to be a great piece in any rotation, especially once a team begins to win. And if that's this year, next year, whenever for the Thunder... He's a winning type of player. I like his mid-range game that we saw in Summer League. He's a really nice rim finisher, and his three-point potential is solid. Plus, he plays really, really, really good defense, and he's always making the smart play. I love Aaron Wiggins' NBA future. I am buying everything you can give me on Aaron Wiggins. Kenny Hustle, how can you not buy on Kenny Hustle? How how can that not uh, interest you? His contract is perfect. I think that the ROI on the contract is through the roof because I think that the contract is very team-friendly and you either have him around on a team-friendly deal and he helps you usher in a new era of winning. He helps usher in kind of um, the next wave of your core and is a glue guy in that and in that winning process for you in the playoffs down the road. Or it's still a contract where you can sell him to a contender and get a nice return for him. So it, it kind of just can either be used as a trade to shore up the rebuild or he himself can help this core win. It's, it's a great spot to be in for OKC and for Kenny Hustle. On the floor, though, we know that we're buying. The defense, the hustle, the, the shot-making that you can have from three-point land in, in certain games. Love it. Buying Kenny Hustle. Let's end this with the big mans and the two ways. Uh, so Derek Favors, I think, is middling. He's my only player that I have middling um, as of right now. I see Favors' presence being um, kind of needed in this locker room. And that's the only reason I don't really sell. I, I think that on the floor last year, he did not play very well at all. But I think that the presence in the locker room, the calming voice that he mentioned that he has, he, he said yesterday, I think that the biggest thing I provide here is a calming voice to these young guys. And being and the advice I can give them, the mentorship I can give them, he said himself that that's kind of his, that's kind of his role, that's kind of his, his biggest impact selling point. 
And I think that that's right. And I think that, you know, having a guy who was picked high in the NBA draft, having a guy who's carved out a lengthy NBA career at that big man spot for Chet Holmgren to learn from, to ask questions to, to be in the film room with, I think will be a big deal. I asked Mark about that. And Mark was like, look, I mean, Chet's a, a you know, a, a, a gym rat no matter what. Like, like Chet is going to be a guy who, who uh, is in the film room cutting his own film like already. So he didn't want to give too much uh, of the push to, to favors. But I think that favors, of course, can help that as well. So I'm kind of middling. Mike Muscala, again, buying it because I think that this year he'll play a bit more. I, I think that whenever he plays, he can help make his teammates look better. And so you can put him on the floor with young guys or Shea and and Giddy and just see how that floor stretches and see how they can play on an optimized lineup with a guy in a center who can play at the three-point line on offense. Uh, Chet Holmgren, obviously, you're still buying Chet Holmgren. He's awesome. Uh, and, and despite the injury, he's going to be incredible. The, the team raved about him yesterday, and we'll talk about that tomorrow uh, on tomorrow's show more in depth about how how everyone is on board Shet Holmgren's ability to attack this rehab. And then Jalen Williams out of Arkansas. I'm just kind of staying pat right now. Look, I love Jalen Williams, the person. He's always fun to talk to in our, uh, let's see, we've, we've talked to him three times now, uh, pre-draft, during, uh, you know, after the draft, and then media day. He's been awesome to talk to. He's, he's an awesome person. I, I kind of want to see what his role ends up being in the NBA. I, I think that there was a pathway for both things to happen, where he plays in the NBA for two or three years. There's also a pathway where he plays in the NBA for 15, because he can carve out that role as somebody who does the dirty work, who goes and hustles on the floor every single night, who plays switchable defense, who can have those outlet passes, who can have that playmaking ability from that center spot from the high post. So I think that if any organization can help him reach that goal, it's a thunder, and not because of, the, the cliche stuff about development, but because of the way that Mark plays, Mark likes to get his bigs involved in the high post on offense and kind of facilitate through them. I think that Jalen Williams can do that, of course, on the defensive end, drawing charges, uh, diving for loose balls, getting rebounds, and off those rebounds, I think he's a capable passer enough to get the ball down the floor and push the pace, which the Thunder also want to do as, as their scheme, you know, schematically-wise. So I think that there's a, a nice fit for him in, OK, in OKC that maybe wouldn't be there for a team who wants to play slower or a team that's older or a team that doesn't want to play that way. So we'll see. I wouldn't buy or sell right now. If I had to, I would just go ahead and throw some money into Jalen Williams, but I wouldn't just kind of do that willy-nilly. For the two ways, I am selling Eugene Omorui, and he was awesome to talk to yesterday. I asked him about why he wears 97. He talked about how a really thoughtful answer, like it's his birth year, 1997, but also his friends were all born in 1997, so they were called the 97 boys, and they all had dreams of being in the NBA, and now Eugene is getting to um, live that dream, so he's kind of in a way, taking them with him with that jersey number. Uh, I think he's a fun player. I, I think that his frame and, and the fact that he's never seen a shot he doesn't like is a, is a great thing, uh, and he can play bully ball at times with that frame. But I just think that this is a flyer that might not pan out, and might it's just kind of simply a flyer that just is not a true investment. But I will think that he's going to be awesome for the blue and for Cameron Woods, who's the new blue head coach. Uh, and I do think that um, he's going to give an opportunity. He's going to be given an opportunity. Can he thrive? Can he run with it? Maybe. We'll see. Uh, Lindy Waters, I'm going to buy him in general. Maybe not long-term for this Thunder organization because the roster crunch is just so dramatic, but I'm buying him for this year. I think that he'll spend the season in OKC, but after this year, kind of where does his destiny fall? I think that if that defense can translate, if, if what we saw in Summer League, that defensive improvement, can translate to the NBA, he's going to be awesome as an NBA player, as a guy who can be kind of a 10th, 11th man in a rotation, but can come in, provide you a spark offensively with that three-point shooting, and stay on the floor. 
on defense enough to get you back in it with his three-point barrages. I think that that's a great thing for the Thunder, a great thing for any NBA team. As an NBA future, I am buying in on Lindy Waters. Uh, So we'll talk about media day takeaways, more of the -the off-the-court stuff, uh, more of the uh, kind of in-depth stuff on media day, uh, besides just muscle watch and how it impacts the actual games. We'll talk about that on uh, a show in a couple of hours, actually. Let's make this a two-parter because we've already ran long here. But I wanted to give you my feel for each and every player on this Thunder roster. Let me know what you think. Are you buying or selling on all these guys? Who is going to be the other two players cut besides Ty Jerome uh, for your Thunder roster projection? And until a couple hours from now, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 